It's 2015 and you and all your friends are out and about on the town. You go to a gas station where you suddenly see a product that looks relatively familiar. Maybe you saw it while playing a game on Cartoon Network's website and in ads while you were doing your homework or even websites that are there to help you apply to college. It's called Juul and apparently it's the new cool and safe version of cigarettes, at least according to their colorful ads and near constant tweets. This time, the company claims that this product won't lead to the devastating consequences of traditional cigarettes. In fact, for those who are hoping to quit, it's actually a great alternative. At least that's what they say. As you continue looking, you find that there's all types of fun little flavors you can try. You've got mango, fruit mix, and even the sweet, sweet taste of creme brulee. So how can something that sounds so delicious be so bad? Even if you're not of legal age, you can actually find a way to get these little pods of deliciousness into your hands. And sometimes the Juul people online even give you suggestions on how to get their product without being of legal age. How helpful. And soon enough, everyone's got them. You all take turns trading flavors and buying new cartridges. You just can't get enough. But without you even noticing, you suddenly and literally can't get enough. When you're not smoking your jewel, you feel anxious, depressed, and even get headaches. You may not have thought anything of it, but it turns out that these little safe pods have sneakingly gotten you addicted to nicotine. Not too long after, you start hearing some rumblings that shock you to your core. As it turns out, these harmless jewel pods aren't so harmless, and an increasing number of kids, just like you perhaps, were getting sick and even dying. This is the beginning of the Juul epidemic and a continuous stream of lawsuits, FDA interventions, and callous endangerment of minors by the company. This is Juul. Bay Area e-cigarette startup Juul is under fire, accused of using social media influencers to market to teens and get them hooked. And this is big. The FDA just announced that they are banning all Juul e-cigarettes in the U.S. Are they demonizing this because it's actually bad? Or are they demonizing this because it's a threat to profits for an established company that has a shit ton of money? Preparing to ban the sale of Juul e-cigarettes in this country. Juul under scrutiny for quite some time now for marketing their products to children. More than one out of four high school students are using e-cigarettes and vaping today. The numbers are growing and you wonder why. Well, the people in the vaping industry know how to target. Hello everyone and welcome to The Corporate Casket. I'm the Illuminati and today we're talking about one hell of a doozy, Juul. Some of you may have heard that the FDA has officially ordered the infamous Juul to take its products off the market. But how exactly did we get here? How did something that seemed so big and so untouchable suddenly get ordered to close its doors? Well, it turns out there's a lot to the story. So buckle up kiddos because we're in for one hell of a ride. Now, when Juul first came out, it seemed to sweep the entirety of the United States. Suddenly, everywhere you looked, you saw kids with these little flash drive looking devices blowing smoke into the air. And when I say kids, I'm not saying that just like, oh yeah, you kiddos, and just generally speaking to younger teenagers or people in their early 20s. I'm talking literal children. Though the founders of Juul deny it to this day, their product was adamantly promoted to children. And they did this by using a very similar strategy to their predecessors, Big Tobacco. We all know that kids love playing games. They go on the kid-friendly websites that parents often approve of because, hey, what could go wrong? And they play their little SpongeBob games or fashion design experiences to their heart's content. The thing is, the advertisers know how much these kids love these games and websites too, so they take advantage of that. They throw in pop-ups or banners around the website that are brightly colored and spike in interest. Juul was one of these such companies. 
Soon after the release of its product, they started to massively promote the new vaping flash drive looking device on websites like Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon. Without parents even noticing, their kids quickly were exposed to what would become the newest craze. The ads usually consisted of a cool looking teenager surrounded by bright colors holding a jewel and the words vaporized. It immediately caught your attention. The model looked happy wearing the latest fashion trends and just seemed like someone that you wanted to be friends with or maybe someone you'd want to become. It was straight out of Big Tobacco's playlist. Target the kids with bright colors and fun looking people. The two founders, Jane Monsees and Adam Bowen, even admitted to turning to Big Tobacco archive documents for market research. And they said, it became a very intriguing space for us to investigate because we had so much information that you wouldn't normally be able to get in most industries. And we were able to catch up right to a huge, huge industry in no time. And that's kind of terrifying that they just are so nonchalant about that. Now you might be thinking, hey, if it's just on a few websites, it can't be such a big deal. Not all kids or teenagers are gonna go there. Well, that's just one ad. But as these kids go to log on to educational websites like mathematics.com or socialstudiesforkids.com just to do their homework, they are suddenly met with the same type of ad. They are everywhere a kid looks. Playtime or homework time, they're seeing jewel ads. At some point, this is bound to spark some curiosity and it most certainly did. Jewel had every opportunity to not go in this direction. The original ads proposed by the company, Cult Collective, included some sort of outdated technology. Whether it be an old house phone, the original cell phone, or a joystick, followed by the trademark catchphrase, everything changes eventually. Jewel, the evolution of smoking. Finally, a truly satisfying alternative. This was much more targeted to adults, but Jewel actually rejected the proposal and instead went with the kid-centric ideas. And listen, I know this is all so bad, but the name Vaporize, like it would most certainly catch someone's attention. And it did in this scenario. Again, it's terrible they did it, but you know, damn, why'd they have to give such a cool name to such a terrible fucking thing? Now the company was sneaky about its advertisements. They didn't advertise on TV, radio, or other platforms where parents could easily see or hear about the new smoking product. Instead, they chose to run their advertisements in places that parents don't often pay attention to. Like any sneaky and smart marketing nowadays, they also went straight to the source, social media. They hired influencers like Miley Cyrus who would appeal to teenagers and Instagram influencers like Luke Sabat too. They marketed on their own Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram using catchy phrases and exciting tones to draw youth in. In fact, it was found that over 81% of Jules' Twitter followers were people between the ages of 13 to 20. So explicitly, they were almost all underage or barely old enough at the time to be smoking any type of tobacco or nicotine product. So with the sneakiness and the craft of the marketing team, before the parents could even catch on to what happened, their kids had bought a jewel. Soon the product was everywhere and many parents were none the wiser due to its patented design. How many people looked at a jewel the first time and thought, hey, that's just a flash drive. Why is my kid putting a flash drive in his mouth? That's a really weird thing for a kid to do, but all right, whatever. Well, that's pretty much exactly what happened with parents. Due to the inconspicuous design, many parents were unaware that their kid had picked up smoking. It was the same with teachers. Kids could easily sneak the product into their schools and there were even thousands of YouTube videos that taught people how to hide when they were smoking in class. This might just be a happy little coincidence for the business that their product was easier to hide due to the design. It's possible that that's not what they actually intended. But considering they explicitly targeted kids with their products, I would not be shocked one tiny bit if this was exactly what they meant to do. But that's just my opinion. Now, we obviously can't forget the flavors. The sweet tasting pods had, as Erica Sward, vice president for national advocacy at the American Lung Association said, appealed to kids. It helped the poison go down. 
And I mean, it's not rocket science here. Kids like sweets. The flavors used by Juul and other products in the vaping industry are sweet. Ta-da, easy target for kids. With all of this combined, the advertisement, the design, the flavors, and the product very quickly became successful, especially among folks under 18. And at first, again, this seemed like no big deal. They had claimed it was safe. Unfortunately, as we will later learn, that wasn't true. Now, I know we're all a little jumpy when we hear the word that ends with demic at this point, but stay with me because we can get through this together. Now, Lisa Marie Vale's son, Daniel, was only 18 years old when he tragically passed away. He had been using Juul since he was just 15 years old. Since then, he had developed uncharacteristic mood swings. He even threw a mini refrigerator from the top floor of his home because he couldn't vape. When he was only 16, just after a year of smoking the infamous product, Daniel suddenly developed severe breathing issues, something he had not experienced since he was a child, according to his mother. When he went to the hospital, his mother says he was so addicted to Juul that hospital staff affixed nicotine patches to his skin throughout his hospitalization. Two years after this hospitalization, he died. The distraught Lisa Marie eventually sued Juul for her son's wrongful death. Unfortunately, Daniel was not the only teen that would tragically lose his life after being sucked in by one of the targeted ads Juul swore it didn't aim at teenagers and children. His mother's lawsuit is far from the only one too. Over 2000 lawsuits have been filed against the company, citing instances of seizures, lung injuries, and strokes. Juul was introduced to the world in 2015. Only three years later, the FDA commissioner officially announced that teenage vaping was an epidemic. What started off as two Stanford design graduates looking to build a company based on their thesis quickly became a nightmare for parents and the general public. While technically speaking, e-cigarettes are less dangerous than the traditional cigarettes, they're not without their own risks. Scientists quickly discovered that while e-cigs weren't delivering tar to the lungs like their traditional counterparts, they were introducing formaldehyde instead. Like in the case with Daniel, e-cigarettes have been repeatedly linked to breathing issues and negatively impacting the cardiovascular system. Then there's the nicotine, the nicotine issue. Now, how were all these teens getting so addicted so quickly that they were literally throwing mini fridges out of windows when they couldn't get their fix? As it turns out, the product had been carefully crafted to deliver the same or even more nicotine to the user than all of their competitive vapor products. In fact, Julie even bragged about this, saying in a press release a few months before their official release, Juul is now the only alternative smoking product that delivers a nicotine experience truly akin to a cigarette with two times the nicotine strength and three times the vapor quality of leading competitive products. And you heard that right, two to three times the amount. But with the design of their product, the consumer actually ended up taking in more nicotine than they would with traditional cigarettes. See, the scientists had developed something called nicotine salts. This, along with the design of the product made inhaling nicotine much easier. This means that people would puff on their vape far more than they would the average cigarette. It wasn't hurting their throats as much on the way down. So the more puffs you get, the more nicotine is being delivered into your system. And voila, quick and strong, vicious addiction had been developed. Of course, the sweet and gentle flavors didn't help either. Gone was the awful taste and smell of your average cigarette. It was much easier for people to smoke something that tasted good and didn't leave a disgusting smell on you or your clothes. And just to have a moment here to digress, and I know I don't talk about myself too much, but when I was turning 18 years old, the big thing to do when you turned 18, which this makes me sound so old, but it was to buy a pack of cigarettes. And at the time, I like distinctly remember these. I think they were called Camel Number no. Nines and they were black and pink. And I thought they were the coolest packaging on planet earth. And I knew I had to try it. 
it was that. And then there were these other ones that I think were called like camel crushes that you would like crush the end of it or something. You could feel like a little ball in there. You crush it and then it tasted really minty and smooth. I remember I, I knew friends that had just turned 18 and stuff like that. And they were like, oh yeah, we tried this. This was amazing. You got to try it. So obviously it was literally the day I turned 18, I went to a 7-Eleven and I purchased a pack of each. Granted, as I found out, I don't enjoy smoking, which is probably better for me in the long run, obviously, but I tried it and it was like, it was the cool thing to do. I felt that that's what every young person did is you try those camel number nines or those camel crushes and, and that's what you do. So I totally get the peer pressure around Juul too when everyone's doing it, like it's the new thing, like I get it. And if Juul had been around while I was in high school or in a more impressionable stage in my life, I know like with 100% certainty, I would be one of the people who also picked up a Juul and probably became addicted or possibly even hurt myself. But back to the topic at hand here, just like that, thousands of teens were suddenly addicted to a substance that actually made it more likely for them to pick up a traditional cigarette and put them at severe risk for future health risk. Soon, this would have disastrous consequences. In a 2019 report released by the CDC, they found that 5 million American middle and high schoolers were e-cigarette users. These numbers were almost unprecedented within the last two decades after the discovery of the health implications of traditional cigarettes. According to the CDC, only 1.9% of high school students smoked cigarettes at the time, while 11.3 smoked e-cigarettes. That's a stark difference. In the United States, CDC data reports over 2,800 hospitalizations due to lung injury. And of those 2,800 hospitalizations, 68 died. These are statistics that no one expected and would quickly become the beginning of the end for Juul. It could permanently extinguish one of the largest e-cigarette companies in the nation. Tonight, the FDA poised to order Juul Labs to take its products off the U.S. market. Now, I know what you're thinking. Juul clearly saw the statistics, heard that their product was leading to horrific consequences for literal children, and pulled it off the shelves after admitting to everything they did and severely apologizing. Right? Right? Just kidding. Of course they didn't. That's why why I'm talking about them today. Perhaps not surprisingly, it didn't take long for the lawsuits to come rolling in against Juul. And for what? Well, we can pick one of the issues here, but let's start with the sweet kid-friendly flavors. Then those definitely rubbed everyone the wrong way, including the CDC, which blamed the flavors for the increasing usage from teenagers. It wasn't a secret that the sweet flavors appealed to kids. The CEO of Truth Initiative called flavored products the primary driver of the youth e-cigarette epidemic. And truthfully, I can agree with that again. If I was back in high school and I was turning 18, maybe instead of grabbing a cigarette, I may have grabbed a jewel because Lord help me, if there was something peach flavored, I would have totally fallen for it. Now, Big Tobacco, of course, has known about the importance of selling flavorful products to the youth for decades. So this wasn't like a new playbook. This is tried and true stuff here. Newport refreshes while you smoke, refines away harsh flavor, refines away rough taste for the mildest taste of all. So York travels the smoke farther to improve smoking taste. For the best combination of filter and Marlboro even used to advertise their products with the famous line, come to where the flavor is. It wasn't just Juul doing this either. Flavored vape products had been on the market years before Juul even existed. They just found a way to package them in a small, easy to disguise manner. In 2018, a study found that there were more than 7,000 different types of flavors for vapor products. Almost all of them were directly marketable to children. And I mean, come on, bubblegum and gummy bear are not exactly marketed to full grown adults that had been smoking for years. So after years and years of bad criticism and of course lawsuits, Juul finally decided it was time to readjust its strategy. 
In October 2019, they announced that they would be suspending their infamous flavored products. The brand new CEO at the time, Casey Crosswaith, announced that Juul now focused on earning the trust of society. Now, maybe it's just a coincidence that this announcement came at the exact time that a nonprofit called the Center for Environmental Health announced that they had reached an agreement with Juul to limit their marketing to kids. Maybe this was just a happy accident that these two things happened on the same day, but I doubt it. Either way, Juul sure did seem like they were trying to make this decision organically just from the kindness of their sweet little hearts. Still, they were adamant that their product had not been adversely advertised to kids, despite every piece of evidence against that statement. While they did get rid of their creme brulee and fruity flavors, they still kept mint and menthol. Bloomberg Philanthropies called this a page right out of the tobacco industry's playbook, which again, it is. Their heroic decision was kind of a moot point anyway, because just a few months later, the FDA banned flavored vaping products. And I'm going to predict that Juul was 100% aware the ban was coming, just saying. But again, opinions, I know nothing. I'm just a goofy little pyramid on the internet. But not everyone was totally behind it, and not everyone agreed that it would have the desired impact on reducing underage vaping. Some argued that the ban on flavored products wasn't far enough. Originally, the Trump administration had promised a comprehensive ban of e-cigarettes, but their tune changed as time went on, and the ban only now applied to fruity flavored cartridges and mint. The president of the American Lung Association said that this change in direction by the administration compromised the health of our nation's children and said that it was disturbing to see the results of industry lobbying to undermine public health protections. It's definitely disturbing. And it's even more disturbing that this seems to happen over and over again. But while some thought the ban wasn't far enough, others argued it was too far over the line. Forbes released a story nearly a year after that it could have made vaping more dangerous. Research from Yale decided to study the effects of vapor products, both legal and bootleg on the cases of lung disease and other illnesses. They found that a wide variety of vaping caused illnesses were coming from the additives in bootleg e-liquid more so than from legal products. Because of that information, they argued that banning legal sales of an addictive product risks pushing those who use it towards illicit sources and risk seeding future outbreaks. Instead, they suggested re-legalizing the products, but placing them under strenuous testing and regulations to ensure their safety. That's not exactly the direction we're going in, but even with this in mind, flavors weren't the only thing that had landed them in hot water. Their advertisement strategies started coming under fire too. A friend of mine said, why wouldn't you just try the Jewel? And so I went out and I bought one. The idea of going back to smoking. Individual states started to pounce on Juul for the strategic and constant advertisement of their products on websites designed for teenagers. The first of which was North Carolina. After discovering what Juul was doing, North Carolina came in with a lawsuit to make it stop. In 2019, they accomplished their goal. The lawsuit would come in with a $20 million price tag for the company, though they never admitted any wrongdoing. So, I mean, isn't that always the case though? But this agreement came with many, many requirements for the company. They were no longer allowed to target their advertising to those that were underage. So sorry, Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network, looks like you'll have to find new advertisers. It also set a limit for the number of jewel vapes the company was allowed to sell to North Carolina residents by the month or by the year. While I'm sure some of the consumers weren't overly thrilled by the development, it's definitely helpful if we're trying to at least slow down the nicotine consumption by consumers. North Carolina also announced that the settlement money would go to funding research and programs aimed at stopping young people from taking up vaping. Jewel actually agreed to this idea. But this wouldn't be the only lawsuit against the ever-growing and increasingly controversial Jewel. Multiple states wound up suing the company, including Massachusetts, which sued them in 2020. 
I wasn't able to find any updates to the case, but it's basically the same as North Carolina's. Hey, maybe don't advertise to kids, just a thought. However, they did go one step further. They found that Juul allowed more than 1,200 accounts to be established for Massachusetts consumers using school email addresses, including email addresses associated with high schools. So that's strike one. But maybe they just missed this. Unlikely, but maybe. But then it gets worse. First off, the kids were using super obvious fake names like Pod God, but the most damning evidence was a literal customer service agent that told kids how to skirt the age requirements. And I'm not kidding. Prosecutors got their hands on an email where Don from the Jewel Care team told a kid who had his order canceled for not meeting the age requirements to ask their friends or family if they could use their address to ship the order. Now, if that's not obvious intent to sell to minors, I don't know what is. As I said, I'm not sure of the result of the lawsuit and it might not matter how much with this new decision, but we'll see. Still, Jewel didn't advertise just to kids. Part of their strategy was to advertise to adult smokers. Do you wanna quit smoking? Try Jewel. Do you want a safer way to smoke? Try Juul. They called it Make the Switch and ads contained what seemed like firsthand accounts from very obviously paid actors claiming that Juul had become their magical solution to quitting smoking. And just as an aside, smoking an e-cig is still smoking. Sure, you don't get the smell, the taste, or the stained teeth, but you'll still get the mood swings, addictions, and loss of money. It's just not as much of a win as we seem to think it is, just saying. Now, unlike their ads specifically targeted at children, these ads were placed on televisions, on channels such as CBS, Warner Media, and Viacom. As mysterious deaths continued to rise, media companies, specifically those three I just mentioned, started to drop those ads like they were on fire. Before long, Jewel's mortal enemy, the FDA, stepped in. They threatened to find the company for the make the switch advertisement strategy. You see, no one is supposed to advertise products as being less harmful than cigarettes without the FDA approving that fact. This is probably due to that pesky history of tobacco and nicotine companies continuously and adamantly lying to the American public. I don't know, it's just a hunch. Not surprisingly, not only had the company not gotten that necessary approval, but they never even sent in the application. So A plus work there, guys. Finally, after all the headaches, Juul announced to the world that they would be suspending their broadcast, print, and digital advertisement in the United States. As the lawsuit started to pile up, whether it be from the states, from individuals, or from separate organizations, Juul found itself barely able to keep its head above water. Then, just a few weeks ago, they finally sunk. And before we get into the beginning of the end of Juul, let's take a quick moment to thank today's sponsors. Sometimes when you're working all day and you wanna get home and have a fresh cooked meal, it can be a pain in the butt to put together a recipe, sort through your ingredient drawer and figure out what you have or don't have. That's where HelloFresh comes in. With HelloFresh, you can choose from 55 or more weekly options featuring pre-portioned high quality ingredients picked at peak ripeness. HelloFresh delivers fresh quality produce from the farm to your door in less than a week. So you can savor summer flavors right from home. Now I've mentioned my love for the firecracker meatballs and I've mentioned my new love of the Old Bay hamburgers, which I did not know was gonna be a thing I was gonna be into. And now may I introduce to you the family style grilled steak lettuce wraps, because if you didn't know you needed grilled steak lettuce wraps, I am here to tell you, you do. A delicious surprise I didn't expect it in my box. And uh, well, I have found something new to add to my list of things that I am absolutely in love with. And with nearly foolproof step-by-step recipes, it means you can have a more joyful cooking experience and a stress-free summer. Plus HelloFresh cuts back on time spent in the kitchen with meals ready in around 30 minutes or less. I've even mentioned like their one pan meals are probably one of my favorite types of meals because it's easy cleanup and easy eating, two of my favorite qualities of food. 
So if you wanna get started with HelloFresh, make sure you go to hellofresh.com slash casket16 and use code casket16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Again, go to hellofresh.com slash casket16 and use code casket16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Now, saying goodbye to high interest credit card debt is one of the first steps towards financial independence. But the interest month after month after month can feel like you're in a never ending hamster wheel. And that's where Upstart comes in. Because we've all been there. Seemingly out of nowhere, you get hit by some unexpected expense or bill. And it happens. And when it does, it can feel like the weight of the world is coming down and it's normal to not know where to turn. But again, Upstart is here to help. Upstart powered personal loans can help you pay down high interest debt all online with simple and easy to understand payment terms. So there's nothing hiding. And Upstart has helped over 1.8 million customers on their path to financial freedom. So whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, Upstart can help you get one fixed monthly payment with a clear payoff date. So don't wait and check your rate today at upstart.com casket. That's upstart.com casket to check your rate today. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Make sure you go to upstart.com slash casket. Review. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration announced today that it will ban all vaping and e-cigarette products sold by Juul. It is part of a series of more aggressive moves by the FDA to target vaping and smoking. While the company seemed to be fighting for its life over the past few years, it's not as if they still weren't doing well. Now, Juul rebranded themselves to make it seem like they were adamantly working to make sure kids weren't using their products anymore. To be fair to them, to access the website, you do have to go through criteria to confirm you're over 21 years old and they stopped advertising and they don't have the flavors anymore. Granted, all of those things were under court order and after the result of multiple lawsuits, but hey, it's a start, I suppose. Now for some older actual adults, Juul had started to become a lifeline to those who had recently quit smoking old fashioned cigarettes. Tim Marchman decided after 25 years of being a smoker that he wanted to switch to vaping instead. Rather than spending an exorbitant amount of time in vape shops along with a ridiculous amount of money, he decided to turn to Juul. He says they were readily available and the simplest. Now he only smokes Juul products and hasn't used the traditional type of tobacco product in years. But suddenly in June, 2022, all of that changed. In June of this year, the FDA officially denied Juul Labs Incorporated's application to continue selling all of the products currently on the US market. Essentially, this meant that Juul would have to take all their products off shelves. It seemed like all the underage marketing, sales, and hospitalizations of thousands of teenagers after using their product had finally caught up with them. Juul had submitted reports and data to the FDA attempting to prove their public health benefits, but it didn't seem to do what they thought it would. Instead, the FDA said the findings were both insufficient and conflicting. Not exactly what you want to hear as a company that's trying desperately to keep its product on the market. While Juul was obviously upset with this decision saying they disagreed, others celebrated and urged the FDA to work swiftly to get the product off the shelves. Nancy Brown, who is the CEO of the American Heart Association said, we urge the FDA to take swift and severe enforcement action if the company defies the order. But as almost everyone predicted immediately, Juul is working on an appeal of the decision. On June 24th, a federal appeals court blocked the new ban. Well, temporarily-ish. This was done after Juul called the ban extraordinary and unlawful action. They have repeatedly tried to prove that their product helps traditional smokers either quit smoking or smoke significantly less. As we talked about before, there is a wide range of research that says this isn't necessarily the case. 
Instead, it might actually make people smoke more. And if that's the case, it doesn't meet the FDA's approval parameters for being good for public health. So we'll still be seeing the little flash drive devices on the shelves, but the question is for how long? As an interesting side note, the FDA has also rejected a plethora of other vaping products, but they have okayed them from RJ Reynolds. And you know, that giant big tobacco company that essentially and consistently lied to American public, Congress, and literally like everyone. Yeah, they got approved somehow. I guess the lobbying pockets still run deep. Now, there's still the question of what happens to Juul users after the ban goes through. Tim, who we talked about earlier, said the FDA decision concerned him. He didn't wanna go back to his old form of smoking and had no idea how he would continue avoiding them without Juul. Another man, Matthew Luther, told the New York Times, I will definitely miss Juuls. I think they were better aesthetically. They are easy to toss in your pocket and they're refillable. It wasn't just aesthetics, Matthew too has been trying to quit smoking. We'll have to wait and see what is the outcome of the ban, but there's another one that's creeping up on Juul and another nicotine product as well, the menthol ban. Remember, menthol is very important for Juul and other vape companies' survival. It tastes better, meaning people smoke more and buy more products. And this isn't a well-hidden fact. It's so not well-hidden that the United States government is currently discussing banning it. Citizens have previously petitioned the government to make this decision and civil rights groups have called for the ban, citing the long history of targeting menthol cigarette advertising towards black communities, which again, they do. Now, this type of ban is still stuck in the legislative process, but it sure does have traditional tobacco producers, Juul and other vaping companies shaking in their boots. Even if Juul is able to escape narrowly from the all out ban, they're likely to be met with this new issue, which would completely change how they market their products. Juul's history seems like it's been going on for decades rather than just a few years. There's so much that happened and it happened all so fast. We'll have to see what happens with this company. Will they rise from the ashes or blow up in smoke? But with all of that being said, that is where I'm ending today's episode of The Corporate Casket. I hope you learned something new here today. And if you did, make sure that you're liking, following, and subscribing to stay up to date on all the latest episodes. Again, thank you so much for spending some of your time here with me today. I really do appreciate it. And I'll see you in the next one. Bye.